Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. What's going on, Blockchain and Booze Nation? Session 58 of Blockchain and Booze. Uh, 58 weeks of COVID or slash quarantine. Things are starting to open up now. I'm coming to you live from New York. You can kind of tell the the background's a bit different. I'm uh, I'm in New York live. I feel like I'm on Saturday Night Live minus the the high production budget and all that it brings. Anyways, all jokes aside, I'm your host Adam Levy. Session 58 of Blockchain and Booze. We're doing all things Binance Smart Chain. I got my Peroni with me. I'm not drinking a Moscow Mule. Uh, I got this really, really good Italian beer. I'm very excited about it. Uh, and I should probably, I should probably shut up because we got some pretty, pretty cool people waiting for me in the green room. Uh, and before I do bring them on, I want to quickly give uh, a quick plug about me. So I'm the host of Blockchain and Booze. If you're new here, welcome. Go to meet.blockchainbooze.io. Over there, you're going to basically be redirected to Remo where you can join the conversation live, put your Q&A, uh, and interact with everybody that's in the platform who's drinking and, and live commenting. So go to meet.blockchainbooze.io so you can join the conversation live. Uh, and Blockchain and Booze, it's an hour long of, of conversations, of fun discussions before we migrate back to meet.blockchainbooze.io and network and meet each other with our cameras on and mics on. If you're anonymous, like our panel, then your mic's on. Uh, and quick plug about Draper going home. We're an early stage blockchain fund. Uh, we invest in really, really cool, dope uh, startups on the early stage side. And then we also produce the best events in crypto from LA Blockchain Summit, the Global DeFi Summit, the NFT Summit, the Security Token Summit, which happened last month. We have Alone Gorin's What the Block, uh, and we have my very own blockchain booze. All right. Without further ado, let's bring on our speaker. So, Spitting Nichols, Ogle, DeFi Debauchery, and Moon Kyle. Guys, Hey, Welcome hey. to Blockchain hey, Booze. There oh, we yeah. go. I want, I, I want the energy. Uh, you guys are all anonymous. I don't know who you guys are, so I need the energy. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, first of all, cheers. I know I can't see you, but I'm, I'm hoping you guys are actually drinking some alcohol. Uh, someone just cracked something open. Who was that? There we go. That was, that was who was that? That was Ogle. <laughs> Ogle, there you go. All right, really quick, uh, we're doing all things Binance Smart Chain, specifically DeFi, and I want to quickly introduce or have you guys introduce yourselves briefly. So we can start with Spitting Nickels, go to Ogle, go to Moon Cow, and then DeFi Debauchery. So Spitting Nickels, take it away. Yeah, Spitting Nickels, uh, founder of Blizzard.Money, uh, also uh, BSC Gems admin. Ogle's my boss. Um, and then uh, old or retired uh beefy community mod as well glad amazing. to be here amazing thanks for being here ogle take it away hey uh ogle um i founded bsc gems on telegram at bsc gems uh it's a community for for chatting about bsc stuff uh came around back in september so it's big good curated not degen nonsense uh, and um, i'm looking really forward to chatting with some of you guys i know one two three out of the five people here um including myself. And so, um, you know, looking forward to knowing some new people and um, having fun. Amazing. Moon cow, take it away. 
Hey, yeah, so it's Munko here. This is pretty new for me being behind an avatar, but it's also pretty fun. I'm leading the community over at uh, Beefy Finance, which basically means uh, marketing comms for, for Beefy. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this chat. Amazing. And last but not least, DeFi debauchery. Hey all, uh, you may know me all over the BSC world, um, doing dev and uh, community for Beefy and uh, working with Nichols on Blizzard Money, part of Gems, um, and doing my own Twitter stuff uh, for bridging, kind of bridging the gap between technology and um, user friendliness. Amazing. And I actually forgot to ask you guys, what are you, what are you drinking, DeFi debauchery? I am, despite my name, um, <laughs> I, I am actually uh, a, a sober person. So I'm drinking some Pure Leaf Unsweetened Black Tea. Nice. Uh, they are not sponsoring this chat, but I okay. dropped their name in here. Cool. Cool. And Mooncow, what are you drinking? So it's about 2 a.m. over here, and I'm, I'm sorry to say that I'm drinking coffee. You guys are going to have to drink for me over there. All right, I'll drink for you. Ogle, what are you drinking? Mooncow, don't worry about it because I'm over here double fisting right now. I've got a, <laughs> I've got a family size natural light in one hand and I've got this uh, this Guinness extra stout in the other. Perfect. And splitting nickels. What are you drinking? Uh, G&T, man. Nice. All guys, the way. Guys, cheers, cheers to all of you. Let's let's get right into it. Okay, so this is, uh, this is my first time hosting a, a full... Uh, I guess, Binance Smart Chain dedicated panel. Uh, and I've been wanting to do this for a while because I've started tinkering with Binance Smart Chain and all that it brings, specifically because obviously gas fees are way too high on Ethereum. Uh, I am not a whale yet, uh, soon to be a, a whale and hopefully a couple more years. Uh, and then I, I can play with the big boys on Ethereum. But all jokes aside, Ethereum's great. I love Ethereum. Uh, but Binance also introduced a really cool, uh, I guess, Features into the into the ecosystem that made it more approachable, made it more welcoming to, to newcomers, and I think we saw that pretty evident with the whole Safe Moon craze uh, and, the, and the TikTok analysts that that brought a lot of traffic onto the Binance Smart Chain over the last couple of weeks. So I want to get started, uh, kind of referencing a quote that CZ said back in July 2020. Okay, let me let me pull this up really quick because I think it's a great starting point to kind of explore why CZ went through this route. All right, here we go. So I usually don't comment on other exchanges, but would like to congratulate Coinbase on the IPO plan, pushing, paving the way for other crypto businesses. And to answer the question, no, Binance is not planning an IPO. We plan to decentralize more. So my question for, for you guys, why, why do you think CZ took this route? Like, why not go through more of the traditional route and do uh, uh, an IPO on the public markets, right? Uh, versus kind of carry more of this decentralized route. Like what, what, what was the state of mind you think? Yeah, I think it's pretty clear, you know, like the, the trend is decentralization and he's been ahead of the trends for, for a few years, starting off with stable coins instead of regular fiat. And he's just continuing to be ahead of the curve. There's like advantages to being decentralized, both in terms of like HR opportunities being able to be across multiple projects but also just in terms of what can be built it's a pretty smart move yeah anybody want to add to that i wish there was something he left out but i, but I totally agree yeah i 100 yeah, I, I, gotcha i think i think it's interesting because you see coinbase getting all this traction with more traditional finance and, and going more towards that route and i wonder if down the line they're gonna have to start offering more DeFi related services 
uh, to kind of compete with the traffic that Binance or other exchanges that go through that route. What do you guys think? Is that like, you think that's going to happen down the line? Well, well, here's one thing that uh, I think everybody missed. Um, Binance does not operate very well in the U.S. Um, so Coinbase uh, has that advantage of being pretty well integrated into uh, traditional finance because they have entrenched themselves um, in the U.S. market, whereas Binance is more of a global. In fact, Binance U.S. isn't even Binance. They're separate. They're technically a separate company, from what I understand. So um, uh, until that happens, like until we kind of get more regulatory clarity, which I a I don't agree with, but also b I, I feel like that's what Binance is waiting for, and that's what Coinbase is going to wait for. Um, being able to uh, navigate the that trickiness in in order to make those services available. Yeah, I agree, Deepai. And and really, like you know, CZ most most kind of great or semi uh, great leaders are kind of control freaks. Um, you know, and that's just kind of how it works. And so, coming into the U.S., if they were to come into the U.S. and go through a pro, you know like a regular IPO process and deal with VCs who also think that they're, uh, I'm not sure how vulgar this this can be. But um, as vulgar as you want, <laughs> you know. So 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 dealing with VCs who think that their dick is uh, their uh, dick is bigger than his, and then he, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of that kind of stuff probably that he's not used to, and and I can imagine that not being a really pleasant experience, and all of that to get on the other side of it, and what the regulations change, and then they have a bunch of issues, they have legal uh, problems in the U.S., et cetera, like DeFi was mentioning. Like, what's the, why would they? Yeah. I think like it's it's not just about services or regulation; it's also about talent, like the best people are not going to want to lock themselves up in in like a corporate company like coinbase you're like what's the advantage of being there like how do you build a career when you kind of have all of that overhead of what you can do what you can't do when you can actually move into a space like ethereum or or smart chain and build whatever you want so i, I guess that like segues me into my next question like why did you guys get motivated to start this binance smart chain journey like what what was that thing for you that told you all right i'm, I'm going to put more of my energy on this network versus Ethereum versus Solana, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think I think for me it was uh, one. It was early, you know. Some of us got yeah. in August, September front time frame, and then uh, two. It was just cheap, cheap and fast. You know, it's a struggle to yield farm on uh, Ethereum. You know, if you don't have ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, that you're not making any money. Yeah, just hey, from hey. the gas fees. Yeah, I'd be actually curious to hear everybody's answer. So, uh, Ogle, why, why, why start with Binance? Like, what was the main motivation? What, what motivated you to do that? Yeah, there, there, there are kind of two main reasons. Uh, one is that um, back in twenty, like mid late twenty seventeen, um, I converted uh, a very large percentage of my Ethereum over into BNB. And the reason for this is I was doing, I, I was building arbitrage bots to to work with uh, with Binance and between Binance and Bittrex and other places. And the BNB was really useful to save on fees. And then I started realizing, okay, actually, this, this guy's really smart with how he's using BNB. And I think he's probably going to do some cool stuff with this. Ethereum at that point, I wasn't really seeing the use case like for things I was doing. And so I felt like I'd rather kind of go a little further ahead into that, uh, you know, to the Binance ecosystem. So, so this is, you know, a couple of years ago. Fast forward, though, um, I started to play with, uh, with uh, the DeFi world, um, you know, yield farms and so forth. On the Ethereum chain, shout out to a couple of friends of mine, uh, Tony and Constantin, for for pointing that out to me. I did that and I got wrecked immediately. Um, and the reason I got wrecked wasn't because, well, maybe it was because I'm stupid, but it felt like it wasn't because I was stupid. It felt like it was because like this system was really unfriendly 
um, to, to someone who was coming in um, anew. And I was like, okay, there has to be another option out there. And I looked and sure enough, you know, uh, uh, BSE was on the EVM. Um, and so you could essentially do the same things. I was delighted to see that. And then I was delighted to see that it used BNB as the currency, which I happen to <laughs> have turned, turned a bunch of my money into. So I said, okay, you know what? It's to my advantage to get as deep into this system as I possibly can, understand it as well as I can very early right now. And because of the semi-walled garden aspect of it, I think this is going to be more successful when the scams start to really hit, which, which of course, you know, is, is what happened. Uh, you know, people get rugged all the time. And the semi-walled garden aspect of it allows Binance and CZ and so forth to kind of stop a little bit of that, at least a little bit of that. Um, so, so I was like, screw it. You know, I'm all in on this. Now, that's not to say that BSC is where, uh, you know, this is like the end all be all. I mean, um, I, you know, you know and it's not to say that I don't believe Solana has legs or AVAX, you know, Avalanche has legs. Yeah. Uh, because I do think they do. Um, and I'm playing with those. But, but BSC, in my opinion, was and is where people should be if they want to actually have a, a reasonably good experience uh, doing anything related to DeFi right now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of like the people's chain, you know, any basically anybody in the world with a internet connection can afford to to uh transact on on BSC. You know, it really as long really as you go opens up hoops in the US. As long as you go through hoops, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. But it, it just really opens things up, you know, yeah. to, to everybody. How it should be. Yeah, think, think, uh, go yeah, ahead, go ahead. It's not just about how how like open it is for users as well. It's also about developers and and what's viable to build on, on smart chain versus Ethereum, you know? I work for a product design studio over here and, you know, there's projects that you just can't do on Ethereum right now. You know, something really cool like Kickback, which was all about going to meetups and, you know, staking your your ETH and, and then like losing money if it didn't show up. But if the transaction fee is like $60 and you only want to stake $10 to show up for this meetup, like it's just not viable. And so, you know, it's about it's about deploying deploying it in a way that actually means these projects get off the ground. And and I think that's just what we've seen in the last, you know, it's, it's been less than six months, but all of these projects have kind of come out of nowhere. You know, it's a small group. We, we kind of know each other kind of from Leafy and things like that. But, but the other things that have been popping up, it's the same. You can just put stuff out there, get your users and, and you have like a $200 million company within a few weeks. That's pretty, it's pretty wild. DeFi debauchery. What, what about you? What, what's your reasoning for, for kind of, choosing to put more of your energy on this network. Yeah, so um, I'm going to do my own shout out to the Space Pools uh, mining community. I was active with them, uh, quote unquote, back in the day. And um, one of their members had introduced, said, you know, hey, here's here's where you can. I've been playing with, with this and this has been really good for me. Why don't you come and join? And I had not, I, I knew what Ethereum DeFi was. Like I knew what Uniswap was and SushiSwap uh, swap and, but never got into it uh, because of the fees specifically. Um, and since it made, again, going through all the hoops, uh, being in the U S, uh, once you did that, it, it was very easy. It was, it was very easy. I, I knew the technology already. Um, it, it was just a matter of learning how to navigate all of the, the different projects out there. And, um, I've been able to uh, apply my technological uh, mindset to uh, to BSC, and I think that's really helped my interest. Yeah, I think all of you guys kind of echo the same thing, and I think it comes down to this key word, like uh, who said, I think, uh, 
either I think spinning nickels, you said it, uh, the people's chain, right? Or moon cow, you said it. Uh, And I'll I'll echo a story because my entrance into Binance Smart Chain came through a friend, Cal Toro uh, and and Benton. They sat me down and they basically showed me here's how you use it. Here's how you use the Panama Bridge and all the steps that kind of went through that. And then I took that experience and shared it with another friend who is not crypto native at all. She's actually a musician. Shout out to Queen George. And she's basically been a struggling artist trying to make it in the music industry. She produces amazing music, great, great stuff, amazing voice. But she's always trying to make ends meet being that entrepreneurial artist, right? Doing babysitting gigs, working for music PR, et cetera, et cetera. And then I introduced her to the world of yield farming. I'm like, look, you can buy some BNB. You can you can apply to these liquidity pools uh, and you can start earning interest and, and start earning native tokens and make money natively, right? Or passively, excuse me. And if she tried to do that on Ethereum, it would have been a disaster because the amount of money that she was just playing with would have been taken away in a few transaction fees, right? And it would have never been able to help her fund her concert, right? And this is some yeah. something from a real world user who's not crypto native, who's not in the nitty gritty of, of crypto Twitter. She's just like an average user, right? Those mass adoption users kind of thing. Uh, so I can definitely echo that. And I think I want to pull up a couple charts uh, really quick. So let me do this. Let me share my screen. Um, Let's just share my entire window for a minute. So I'm on DeFi Pulse right now, looking at the total value locked uh, uh, of Ethereum, right? DeFi on Ethereum, right? 76 billion. Uh, a year ago, it was, what was it? Zero, well, no, 919 million, okay? Now let's look at DeFi Station. Let's look at the t- total value locked. It only gives me 90 days. Uh, but basically $470 billion compared to 90 days, or I guess $76 billion, okay? And it like exploded really, really, really fast uh, in less than a year. And I guess you guys can attribute it to the more obvious indicator of the gas fees. But is there anything else that comes to mind that could kind of attribute this massive explosion of adoption? You know, Adam, it, it's a bit like those guys out in, in African countries or India. They've gone like they've never had landlines. They've gone straight into mobile phones. And I think like we've gone through this kind of like landline period with Ethereum in the last two years, like everybody kind of finding their way and, and finding it expensive and things like that. And then Binance Smart Chain has come along and it's basically opened up the world instantly for these people. So it's not just the fact that it's cheaper. It's again, back to that viability. Like you said, you can tell your friend about it. You can get them moving on the same day. You could send them like, well, when, when Binance, when BNB was like 45 bucks, you could send them half a BNB. They'd have enough fees for the rest of the year. So it's like all of these things gave this snowball effect from like September, October, and it's just carrying on like that. And I think also the the uh, community aspect. Yeah. I, I I liken uh, Ethereum to be this giant stadium. I mean, it's it's such a huge uh, arena that you really can't find a lot of new things. Um, whereas BSC is is a little bit more tight knit, um, especially with um, things like BSC Gems or other Twitter accounts that uh, that are really focused on that. And I think it makes it easier for people to uh, discover. Uh, new new projects and new opportunities. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I, I, I completely agree with that. You know, I, I mean, I guess I'm biased. You know, being from BSC gyms, obviously, but um, whenever I would join and whenever I do join now, Telegram groups that are that are around uh, ETH projects, um, I've it's it's a just totally different feel. It's a completely different feel than than whenever you join most TG groups that are related to. Uh, BSC, and I don't, and I'm not sure why that is, but 
But I mean, I know with gyms that like that was the entire point there. So we wanted to get everyone together. Like instead of like it all being competition, everyone's like fighting against each other. Can't beefy and auto work together, right? I mean, can't they like help help each other with their code and make sure that everything is safer and better and more communal, et cetera, as opposed to just fighting tooth and nail against each other? You know, it's 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 just a different kind of feel. It's a different it's a different uh, emotion that, that I think that you get uh, with this community. And it might be because of, of the things like Moon Cow and, and DeFi and Spinning Nickels we're talking about. You know, this this is more of like, the, it feels more like the people's chain. It doesn't feel very elitist. It doesn't, you don't join the group and then people are just, are, are like are like talking down to you and condescending constantly because they happen to have $2 million in the bank and you have, you, you know, you have 20. You don't really experience that. But, um, but maybe it's also because, you know, We've all kind of started early at the same time. So you've got a lot of success stories. You know, you've got mods coming in and, and they're making a lot of riches because they got on these BSC projects early back in September. And it's very different than being like this developer with 10 years experience and you're kind of in your ivory tower. These yeah. are like really people who, who have helped build these projects and they're doing really well from it and they want to bring the same people in. And uh, yeah, the community is, is really fun to be a part of. Yeah, I, 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 go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not a bad thing. We're in a bull market, too. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. happy in a bull market, right? <laughs> that, Let's that see how it is, is in except, except when Doge takes over everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you got you got to thank the TikTok analysts for for that yeah. one. Uh, but okay, so when, when I had Mark Cuban on back a few weeks back, uh, we were talking about liquidity, or he brought up an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about too too, I guess, too detailed. And it's something that I want to pick your brains about. Where do you think the liquidity on Binance smart chain is coming from? Like, obviously, we have our, our amateur like plebs and degens, like the retail investors that, that ape into shit, right? But like $47 billion is no joke. Do you guys think like a lot of this money is also coming from like private institutions that are dabbling with this stuff? Do you think it's coming from even Binance itself? Like, what, what, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think two, two big players is Binance itself and and uh, Alameda Research, you know, those type of uh, firms as well. You know, they dabble in BSC, they dabble in Solana, dabble in ETH. It's just yield to them. And it's cheaper. You know, bots and, and arbitrage bots and, and that can can uh, transact more frequently. You know, less margins, cheaper gas. It just, just makes sense. And I think that's why you see, you know, Sometimes that BSA might not be the fastest blockchain in the world as well. So there's just so, so many arbitrage bots and, and everything running all at once. Yeah, the TVL kind of, it really kind of came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Like, like there was, I remember I, I, I tweeted um, congratulations to Beefy for passing $10 million TVL. And I was like, I, I was stoked for them. You know, it was, I was like, holy crap, $10 million TVL. You know, this was like, it, this was incredible. And then like a week later, it was 20 million, right? And then a couple of weeks later, it was like 50 million. It's like, are you kidding? What's going on? And, and it did seem to plateau a little bit for, for a lot of the projects. Um, I remember looking at Auto, uh, Auto Farm, their, their TVL was like $200 million. And then suddenly it was a billion. And I said, what the heck just happened? Like it was like a week and a half and it was a billion dollars. And uh, one, of the, one of the guys over there said, well, we opened up some Chinese WeChat groups. I said, oh. Okay, so 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 now you're helping the Chinese discover this because because a lot of the Chinese folks are on Huobi, um, the, the uh, Heco chain. Um, you, you know they they were over there, and I guess that that kind of bridged over here a little bit. Now you have projects that were on Huobi like uh, Index that have now launched on a BSC, and so I think I think some of some of the um, you know some of the Asian market found it and started to come over uh, quite a lot, and that's where a good bit of TVL is too. 
I think like also, you know, Binance has, has really given it a push. You know, there's there's guys in Binance running community groups. They have their Binance angels. And, you know, again, you've got that sort of early adoption. It, they they were all early because they, they had their eyes on it because they're working at Binance, right? And then they're running these community groups or they have influencers, KOLs um, that they're talking to. And those KOLs have gotten early. Binance was talking to them. You kind of have this effect. But I think the grown-up money is coming too as well. You know, I have a friend who works for a big custody solution. And, you know, it, it, it was plugged into Ethereum DeFi. You could go in there, your custodial wallet. And they've opened that up to Smart Chain, right? So that's like the second chain that they've chosen. And and that's because like when, when things like PancakeSwap kicked off, the real money wanted to come in, you know, they wanted to come in, they wanted to have a piece of pancake and, and there weren't really that many options for that. So they've been looking for secondary things. And and I think that's going to continue. I, I don't know much about China, but but I think the the communities, the local guys and, and some of that serious money is coming. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the big issue, as, as uh, DeFi mentioned earlier, is, is U.S. people can't really get on very easily. It means, I mean, it's almost impossible. Um, I, I was on a podcast today um, with Binance, actually doing like an NFT podcast. And one of my friends on there, this girl, Nicole, she's an NFT artist, like, or she's a regular artist, but she makes NFTs now. And she's been asking me for, you know, for a long time now, a couple months, hey, how can I get onto the BSC network? I mean, I'm in the U.S. I want to do this stuff. You've been telling me about it for half a year now, but how do I get on there? I can't. And, uh, you know, so I think that's a big opportunity coming up. If, And I really don't understand why that's the case. You know, I wonder, there must be some kind of regulatory issue or something they're trying to. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, it, I've, I, I have heard from um, Binance employees that it is a regulatory, that there's navigation. Um, I have also heard, uh, don't hold me to this because I'm, speaking out of turn but uh it's allegedly coming at some point but i don't know any any of the details on that boy that'll be the day but, but don't get distracted by those countries you know like Binance is supporting like forty thousand people in a telegram group in turkey you know like there's a lot a lot of people out there in, in these countries you know they had a big splash in in nigeria with their blockchain masterclass. like mm -hmm. there's so many markets out there and, and i think they don't need America to make this grow right now, especially with the sort of low fees and things like that. That can come later. They they don't. But uh, if we're talking about TVL, um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to ignore that that's where a lot would come from. Don't get me wrong; like adoption definitely comes globally. Um, and and to your point, Mooncow, like Binance's efforts um, in getting people connected to BSC and and supporting them in their own local languages. Uh, their own locales is uh, is absolutely huge, and something that um, to go back to Coinbase, um, Coinbase would never be able to do because they don't really operate in that many um, that many countries. So I think uh, mm. this is big for their adoption. Yeah, I mean it's really yeah, the I mean, funds too. I'm, I mean, speaking of the TVL DeFi, I'm I'm really sorry, Adam. I, I can shut up if you. No, no, do do your thing. <laughs> this is this is all I prefer. I don't want to talk. I want you guys to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the TVL thing I think is pretty is a uh, is it's pretty big. I, I I spend my time in the U.S. a good bit, um, and in in big cities a good bit. And I know a lot of people who run funds or or who manage funds, and would love to be playing in this space. I mean, I mean they have they actually feel like maybe they even have a legal obligation to play in this space uh, because because of fiduciary duties. Like they know they can make money, and they're sitting there not doing it. And, and there's not as many risks with this as there are in other chains. And so they would like to get into that and, and do it. And they simply can't. You know, and these are people who manage, you know, nine figures, ten figures of, of money. And there are a whole bunch of them.
you know, so I really do think that, that, that the TVL is there, but, but Munkai, you're right. I mean, Turkey, Turkey is, 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 um, is incredible. There's so many Turkish people and I don't know where it came from, but there are so many really great Turkish people on BSC, tons of folks from, from all over the place that you don't really see if you go into the Ethereum side and it might be because of the cost associated with it. It may be, you know, maybe other things, but um, it's incredible. It really feels very Word is spreading. Word is spreading. And I want to ask you guys this next question because you're so OGs and you saw the value grow, specifically Yogle. As fast as it came in, aren't you scared it's going to leave just as quick, if not quicker? Like if there's like a few major parties running the capital, providing the liquidity, they can basically decide when they, they decide the future of the network, quote unquote, until more and more and more people kind of kind of step in right aren't, aren't you worried about that do you ever think about that yeah you know you think about it um of course i i don't really think there are a whole lot of like there is not like one big group that's like running a significant percentage of tvl as far as i can tell and and a lot of us try to look really closely at that because if there is someone who's doing that for example sam bagman freed uh then we like to follow along and see what in the world they're up to you know because of these exact issues yeah um, but i mean i think of it kind of like uh, a bathtub and the people come in and it's like the um, the shower head is on and the bath water's coming out and it's just fly. It feels like you're like, there's, there's water everywhere. It's getting all over you and it's, you know, it's filling up the tub really fast. And I think that when things leave, they don't really leave quite so fast because you have, you have like, you're like sort of in your spot now. Um, so, you know, you open up the, the drain and it gets out eventually, but you don't really feel it quite the same, I think. Um, and most of that's probably emotional. Maybe there's other opportunities other places. Like for example, there are great opportunities right now on four or five, six other chains. And I am not as active on those. And it's not because I don't think I can make a lot of money. It's not because I don't think there's a great opportunity. It's because I like BSC, right? And and I enjoy it and, and I enjoy the people. And if I have to miss out on some opportunities because it's actually a really great place to be, that's perfectly okay with me. I think Just it's also- it, Hold on, before, right. before we do that, uh, let it be known that Ogle, thinks of all of us in a bathtub <laughs> with our coffee and our beers um, i mean I, I really think it's it's partly this binance effect as well right there's there's not really a route off coinbase into DeFi. like they're not really pushing that whereas like binance dropped twt tokens back in september like the week before the tvl kicked off to eight hundred thousand people so eight hundred thousand people got ten dollars worth of bsc tokens and they all had to withdraw it into trust wallet and they had to use it straight away so like this this sort of thing's not really getting supported in avalanche or or maybe maybe a bit on heco but that backing of that like user base that then's getting introduced directly to bsc projects is is pretty unstoppable i think like binance is not going away and so i don't think smart chain's going away yeah no i think i think it's super interesting all this activity that's been happening and how it's resonating with a lot of people that don't have uh, deep pockets. And because we're talking like so much about community, uh, I think it's only fair to ask, do you guys, like, wh why do you guys think the Binance community doesn't value, I guess, decentralization uh, like the Ethereum community does? Like, why, why do they care? Are they, are they just in it for like the cash grabs? They don't really care. Like they trust Binance. They understand their incentive is to kind of drive this performance. Like, why don't they value decentralization uh, like the Ethereum folks do? Or total, yeah. I, I uh, kind of think of it as as like the devil you know versus the devil you don't, and and whenever everything's totally decentralized, um, you don't know who in the world is going to screw you, right? I mean, there there's there is no, I mean, probably you're going to get screwed, and you're not going to have any kind of recourse for that, and that that doesn't that doesn't feel very good. Now, philosophically, I mean, I've been in the coin space since 2012, 
And so, you know, and I got into it not to like make a ton of money. That was, that really had nothing to do with it. I like the philosophy of decentralization. I like, I'm, I'm down for that philosophically, but I don't think that's what succeeds. Like, I don't think that's actually what is going to work. Not, not in this, not in this world we live in now. In the ideal world, perhaps, sure. But not in the ideal, I mean, not in the, the actual practical world we're in right now. And so whenever someone comes in, they say, okay, look, I don't know the people who are screwing me and I have no way to know them. On the other hand, I know CZ and maybe I don't trust him all the way. Maybe I do trust him a little bit. Maybe I trust him completely. Who knows? But it's on, it's on a spectrum, but he is the devil that I do know. Then I think there's, that's better for most people. Like they feel more comfortable with that. Yeah. I think also like decentralization is a sliding scale, right? Like there is, there is validators. The validators are growing. They're getting more decentralized. They're no longer just like finance backholders. And people see it as a journey towards decentralization. And, and the opposite, what's happening on Ethereum, it's almost like this Burning Man effect, right? You have all these rich guys saying, oh, we are super decentralized, but they can't get an app off the ground because it costs $60 to send something. So it's like, what's the point of that level of decentralization if, it, if it's completely unusable? And I think Binance, is, as you saw in that CZ tweet that, that you brought up, like that's the journey that Binance is going on and they're going to keep going to more and more decentralization. So it's not that Binance users or BSC users don't value decentralization. They just value the use case at the moment and they see the, the decentralization as a journey. Anybody else want to add to that? I, I, think, I think that's well said. Yeah, I think that's yeah. well said. I think that's really well said. Uh, and I think like... I, I saw this tweet and I was trying to find it earlier, but I, I couldn't find it. It's like in the, the trenches of Twitter. Um, it says that like everybody that's talking about decentralization is just talking about it on Twitter, right? The, the groups that run crypto Twitter, the characters that talk and comment on, on cryptocurrency, you don't really see that. Like when I go and talk to my friends or other people working in tech or, or other like trades, right? You don't really hear them say like, we should decentralize this or fuck the centralized, uh, the, the, the middlemen mm -hmm. who are control. Like you don't hear that, right? It's like a belief in an ethos that really stems from Twitter because, well, that's where a lot of crypto lives. Uh, and I think that hypothesis or that comment kind of got validated back, what, when we saw SafeMoon and all the TikTok analysts kind of pumped that, uh, whether I agree with it or disagree with it, it just kind of proved that people really are some people, right? Not, not everyone, but some people don't care about decentralization. They just want to get into something. They just want to get involved with a, with a project or understand what crypto is. Uh, and if they can do it without spending a lot of money, like it's a win-win. Uh, so I think I think it's uh, it's interesting to see how like Binance kind of captured that side of the market and went really against the grain uh, from what Ethereum was doing and all the ETH maxis preach. Ah, fuck that. It's not true DeFi if it's not decentralized kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that, that was a rant that I, I keep finding like in these conversations that I have on blockchain and booze that some people prefer decentralizations. Others just don't care about it because one, they trust Binance and they understand their incentives or I think they at least understand uh, the, the incentives behind it. Um, but I guess like a, a follow on question from that is so let's say people don't believe in the hypothesis. It doesn't really resonate with them. OK, uh, and they're just here, I guess, for for the cash grabs and the money, the easy way to make money from all these different pools, all these yield farming projects, whatever. But how do you kind of motivate the people who come for the money to stay for the revolution? What do you, what, what do you guys kind of think about that? Like, how do you kind of convert that user that comes to Binance because it's easy to use, they see people making money on it and it's very low fees and all that, but how do we kind of like convert them now to be a part and adopt this crypto mindset? 
I don't think you convert someone into having a crypto mindset. I think I think crypto just becomes the 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 de facto like way that people exist, and and they don't have to really think about that. It it, it takes people, you know, not everyone's a philosopher, right? And 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 I mean, most people aren't. And so you just need to get something to be normal, make it the new normal, and that becomes what they do. And then everything else seems weird. And so I mean, I think that's really the approach. And I think like you don't need to get them into like this philosophical thing. Like the, the promises of DeFi, like some of those things are being answered by smart chain. Like it's completely permissionless. Everything that's being built is open source. So like these two things are there. If, if you live, you live in your apartment and you want to just put $10 on, you can do that. Like no one's going to stop you. The centralization of Binance or, or Binance smart chain is kind of at a much higher level than those users are um, aware of. And so they're getting all the advantages that you would hope for in a, in a decentralized ecosystem without really having to worry what's there. And so I think, yeah, it's, it's, you can open a trust wallet and start, start working and you can't get a bank account. Like that's the promise of DeFi, right? Or that's the promise of decentralization. So they are getting evangelized into that. And then the second thing is like, look at this community. It's like everybody on this call is basically started off as mods in channels and is, is now building companies. And they can see that happening. Like if you're in the beefy discord group there's about two thousand people there and they're all thinking about what can i build what can i be a part of so it's happening they're making money but but they're really getting into this uh this crypto world as well and let's yeah, not I think that's the, i think yeah go uh, ahead Dimitri. i was gonna say uh let's not forget that success often breeds interest yep. mm -hmm. yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say i mean the two two hottest places in bsa bs bsc in my mind is uh gems and and the BT Discord. And you see a lot of people just dig in and learn and, you know, and they just keep learning and learning and start their own project or become a mod. So they just kind of naturally fall into place, yeah. just become an evangelist. Would you guys say that the pumpamentals are different than those on uh, Ethereum? Like what, what you guys kind of use to determine the viability of a project on Binance Smart Chain versus uh, Ethereum? Or we could just, we can even focus that on Binance Smart Chain. Like what, what does alpha mean to you guys? Nobody wants to take this question. <laughs> I mean, we don't we don't have to shill anything, obviously, right? But do you guys like have fundamentals that you use to approach uh, a project being built on Binance versus that on Ethereum? I you use know, I, I really use the people um, a lot. I, I mean, this is back to it being a community thing. There are enough good people that you know in like a close close circle. Uh, by close, I mean probably 200, 250 people that you recognize their name. You know they've been around doing stuff. They haven't caused trouble in two months. That kind of thing. That, that that's kind of how I evaluate it. Um, you know, you you mentioned Safe Moon a few minutes ago. Everyone knows that I'm affiliated at least somewhat with Safer Moon, which is Safe Moon without all the all the rug code BS and stuff. That would never have gone anywhere. But people are actually buying into Safer Moon right now. I think in it, at least in some part because 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 I'm I'm working with it. Right, Nichols is coming into it. DeFi Devaltry has not uh, yet you know joined the party, but I'm sure he will soon. And 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 that's kind of how it works was in that a lot of cases. Say again? <laughs> was that an invite? Yeah, you know, it was it was a slash invite, DeFi, yeah, et cetera. Um, but but I think that that's actually how a lot of these things work. And I, and I think that that Beefy is actually a really good example of that too. Like, Beefy has been around for a long time. People go to Beefy because they feel like it's safe. They feel like they know the people there. They feel like they're able to get not just make some money. They're able to get an education. 
they're able to learn. They're able to like, sort of like, you know, it's almost being like you're in an internship or something and you can kind of get, you know, figure out what you're doing and then go off and do your own thing. And, and, and you know, it's just, it's, it's more, it's more all encompassing and that feels like safety. And so I think that alpha comes in a lot of, in a lot of ways, like you're asking in a lot of ways from the community itself and the people, you know, um, and uh, uh, trust itself is sort of alpha. Yeah. And just uh, for full transparency, I'm not a part of Safer Moon. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any Safer Moon, but I understand the example. Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, I want to go in, and jump into like a discussion or point of view and hear, hear your thoughts on like, I guess, the less obvious pros and cons when it comes to interacting uh, with a more centralized blockchain, meaning nodes being operated and managed by Binance, right? Are there less obvious uh, pros or cons that come to mind rather, other than I guess the cheap gas fees. I mean, the big pro is like, there's been some pretty big incidents on, on smart chain, you know, Venus, like locking up like $200 million in, in about their first week of being live. And then you kind of have this Safu uh, process where, where, where people were able to help them out from the Binance side. And, and, and that's happened with smaller projects too. You know, there was a, there was a like really malicious rug pull of about $30 million from, from Meerkat finance. And again, because of that sort of like, what you would say is bad centralization, like those funds were blocked and, and everyone got their money back. And like, so, so that's happening at the user level. You, you lose a hundred dollars, two weeks later, someone's found a way to unlock it for you. Yeah. And, th and if you compare that to like the, the parity, the parity lockup, right, which is now worth around about 1.3 billion, the ETH community didn't unlock those funds. And, and it's crazy that they didn't unlock those funds in a sense, when you compare it to, when you compare it to something like smart chain, like what was the benefit of not rolling that back and, and letting people have their money set decentralization, but doesn't really cut it when you're losing your life savings. Yeah. I think that's a good point. What else? What are like the less obvious ones? So reversing transactions and having like the big guys step in and, and kind of control the scene. What else comes to mind? And the lights keep turning on. I feel like I'm at a disco right now. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess I, I guess that that's where it ends. I guess that's the biggest benefit. Uh, what uh, what are the cons? Like, I guess they could also work in the on the other favor as well, right? Like them yeah. stepping in and and using it to their advantage. Which, again, I don't imagine them doing that, right? Because it's not. It's I don't think it's their incentive. Uh, but it's definitely like from a technical standpoint, it is feasible to to an extent. I don't. I don't think so. I've heard this echoed a couple of times, but um, you know, you need buy-in from validators to do that uh, because they are the ones yeah. that are actually certifying those transactions and have the authoritative copies of the blockchain. And um, there are 21 of them. And as far as I have been informed, Binance only owns two of them. So that's 10% of the validators. Um, I, I think that would be pretty difficult to to do a rollback in the in the way that's being implied got you okay but also uh, like go it's ahead. 21 it's a group it's 21 groups who actually like care about their chain surviving yeah. you know it's a small group they can talk to each other and they make they can make quick decisions and make the right decisions and again like that is decentralization it's just a smaller group whereas in ethereum you just have to deal with like all of these all of these nodes all of these validators and you can't make the right decisions quickly if you wanted to yeah the the uh, the validators are owned by by i mean jim's was going to do one but like bnb 48 which is a club that's yeah. focused on bnb being solid right so clearly they're going to do like whatever is the, to, to the benefit of, of bsc if they possibly can i love it 
Um, okay, let's let's kind of progress into uh, Matic uh, layer twos on Ethereum uh, and how that kind of how that kind of like looks out for for looks like for the Binance Smart Chain future. So L2s are on the way, I think. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think a lot of the reason why Binance Smart Chain picked up that traction, it was perfect timing. Uh, ETH fees were just out of this world. I was trying to mint uh, some some NFTs and burn some tokens. And I got hit with a $4,000 gas fee at one point, which was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fucking insane. Like I was, I was shocked. Uh, but obviously these types of problems are trying to be solved right now. We have L2s like Matic picking up a lot of traction uh, and... I guess when ETH 2.0 kind of comes around, do you guys think that's a threat to the future of Binance Smart Chain? Or has Binance Smart Chain built its community to the point where the BSC group will stick together and will die together? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, to some level the, the group will stick together and die together. I mean, it's you have a great, well, a leader, um, CZ, you know, just providing the direction for BSC. And you don't really see that in Matic or... Um, FTM or you know any of those L2s um, or even Ethereum as well. I mean, there's just not somebody leading out there. So you may have the you know the maxis, the ETH maxis, and so on go to Matic. But I think uh, from a you know everyday person, I think I think BSEs sealed the deal. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. There, I mean, you are going to have some migration back to the Ethereum world because it's just. That's the the known quantity, right? Everybody knows what Ethereum is. Um, will it be enough to? By the time that becomes viable, we will be what you know, close to a year in BSC. Yeah. Um, there's there's just there's a lot of uh, steam here, and I think if Binance can figure out their U.S. Um, situation and really make the um, and and the community or the companies, I guess, on Binance Smart Chain get their um, bridging solutions in place. Like there's absolutely no, it's not a zero sum game, right? Um, there's absolutely room for, all, you know, all of these other chains that are going on. Why not BSC and why not Ethereum? And um, I, I don't have that many concerns. Yeah. And I think there's also this element that like the people who build on BSC are pretty open to other chains, right? They're not like put up, put off with like expanding onto Matic, Polygon, whatever it's called. You see that with Beefy is already on four chains. It's, it's a BSC project, but they're totally open. Whereas you see these ETH Maxis, like I was in a Telegram chat, uh, I think like two or three weeks after B Beefy launched and was trying to sort of explain to people it's like Yearn Finance on, on Smart Chain. They're like, well, CC's the devil, and I'm never gonna like do anything with that. It's like, okay, well, you just missed out on like pancake growing to like forty dollars, and and beefy going to two thousand dollars, and and these projects they're not just making like the people who hold the tokens rich; they're making the the people who use the the platforms money as well. And most of these projects are revenue generating, you know, even the smaller projects, they're revenue generating. So so why would the users leave, especially if they hold a bit of tokens for the protocols themselves? They're going to hope that those protocols expand onto those chains. They're not going to leave like with their own money and and and, and try and start again as a user. I think. Yeah, I think that that um, you know you know Mooncow, you're talking about basically like like the BSC community not being full of basically BSC maxis, right? And yeah, and and you do see that with a lot of other places. It it really doesn't feel like that in BSC. Like there's going to be your preference, you know, wherever you made the most probably, you know, whoever your first kiss was, right? You're never going to forget them. 
but it doesn't mean you're never chasing anybody else. And, and, you know, so, so like, you know, we have BSC gyms, we also have Solana gyms and we got Heco gyms, you know, and we, we have AVAX gyms because people, people are going to go to other places. Okay. But the core of it for a lot of us is still going to be BSC. I think I think these are all great points. Uh, we only have about five, six minutes left. I want to go into the audience QA. So really quick, guys, for everybody that's watching the live stream on Cointelegraph or on Facebook or on YouTube, go to meet.blockchainandbooze and ask your questions in the QA. I'm going to go into that that part of the segment right now. Uh, and uh, the first question, let's start with a more friendly one. All right. Uh, and feel free to tell a story or re reject the story. Okay. How did you guys uh, end up with your nicknames? What's what's the story behind that? <laughs> I'll, I'll random, go ahead. Random uh, word generator. No. Yeah, I, mine, mine was uh, I'm a fan of alliteration um, and needed to find something that kind of uh, reflected. Uh, debauchery has a uh, social connotation of, of being, um, you know, like party stuff. But really, it's just... Uh, about being indulgent and um, it, is really the core of the word. And, and I really jumped into BSC with both feet and tried to learn as much as I can. So um, sometimes without looking. Uh, so that was, uh, it, it seemed fitting. All right, fair. Who's next? I, yeah, I, think I, uh, I had a reputation of, of um, as, as a kid of being a little flirty and, and the definition of, of the word O-G-L-E is to like look at someone in a flirtatious manner. And uh, so I kind of picked that up when I was a kid and, and I've, I've stuck with it. I think, uh, Ogle, I think people would be surprised that your avatar is a female, yet you sound <laughs> like a dude. So yeah, <laughs> so, it's low-key, man. Yes, it's low-key, low but who knows what's happening behind the scenes. Uh, spitting nickels, go for it. <laughs> well, how did, you, how did you get your name? Yeah, mine's this definition, man. It's uh, to do something impossible or uh, astonishing and that was my goal with with uh, crypto you know just retire early have fun learn a lot of things meet good people nice and uh moon cow is someone howling at the moon i've never seen a cow howl <laughs> at the moon <laughs> you, you have now you have now um i mean my name's pretty straightforward right just just being in that beefy community and 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 picked a name i went from the centralized world entity like i kind of made these choices in the last couple of months and, and just chose that name to, to kind of support it i think we lost i think we lost you for a second what, what was the ending yeah i mean i i came from this centralized centralized world like just in the last couple of months made that choice to leave these big centralized crypto com companies and and so i picked picked a name that, that kind of associates with the project that i think is doing the best thing in the space Nice. Okay, next question. Uh, you're seeing more and more of projects uh, on Ethereum migrating and adding support or product support to other networks. The more apparent example is one inch exchange coming to BSC. Do you guys think it's necessary to have more of the mainstream crypto brands come to Binance Smart Chain in order to give it more legitimacy and uh, favorability amongst other network communities? Is it, is it necessary to Binance's, Binance Smart Chain success? I, I personally think that a lot of the the great developers are still on the Ethereum side, and um, I mean there are great developers on the on the BSC side clearly. But I'm saying I mean I think just 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 like a numbers game, there's a huge amount of really great developers that are working on the sure. Ethereum side, and and I do think that where, where I usually wouldn't say like one thing could give legitimacy to another when like you know like like who's to say one's 
bigger or better or whatever. I think in this case, there is a little bit of like, I'm okay with that. Um, I would say that, yes, it would be helpful. The one thing that a lot of Ethereum projects screw up is not understanding the community side on the VSC and they come in, they act like dickheads and mm -hmm. like uh, their communities are like massive pricks. There are so many of these, they come over, they try to bridge to VSC. They're like, oh yeah, you know, we're a bunch of big dick ETH guys. And then they come in and then, and then they fail quickly. Yep. And, and it's over and over and over and over and over again. It's happened. I could, I, I'm not going to call out people, but I sure would like to. Oh, I know exactly what hey, you're thinking about, too. <laughs> they're not, they're Here not, we go. They're not coming to Smart Chain to, to, to help CZ out, right? Yeah. They're coming because the users are here. Like, you know. like, why did Brave Browser put their token onto BSC? Why did One Inch come onto BSC? It's because they know where the users are. So it's they're not coming here to help us out, I don't think. And, and people feel that, you know? I mean, I mean, I think that's the thing. Is like, is like BSC really is, I know it probably sounds goofy, but like, it's a really helpful kind of place <laughs> like for a lot of people really do try to actually be helpful. And so if you have people come in and, and it feels exploitative or it feels like uh, condescending, it's easy to, it's easy to read that, you know, because it's so different than what people are used to whenever they're on BSC. So yeah, I really hope that a lot, a lot more of the projects come over. I mean, I think that there's been a lot of inspiration from those projects and forks from those projects that have made some great uh, Binance smart chain uh, things happen over here. Um, but having more developers would be so much nicer. So I guess a follow-on question uh, from the audience, are, are we seeing a lot of Ethereum devs switch over to the new ecosystem? Like, are, are you seeing more people kind of migrate every single day? And if so, are these are they simply creating mirrors of projects on Ethereum or completely different things? Yeah, I mean, I think I think most of it's just fork code that's coming over. There are these devs coming over, but it's, it's just the, you know, especially the big projects, they just bring their whole platform over like Harvest or One Inch or, you know, whatever. Which is actually a benefit. I mean, if you think yeah, about absolutely. it with, yeah, with yeah. Uh, BSC being an EVM chain. Um, yeah, and this was know, smart. That that effort to get these projects over uh, is, is very small. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, cool. But, but I've also seen, you know, the, the more East, East that migrates over, the more scams. BSC has. So it's kind of a, a good and bad thing, right? Double-edged sword. But, but, but I, I think I think that's the effect of every of every network, right? Of, yeah. of every new thing. But go ahead, Mooncow. I just want to say, like anecdotally, I, I think that you can see these people as EVM developers. You know, they don't necessarily okay. You have the maxis, but they know how to code solidity, and they want to build products that reach reach uh, the market. So yeah, we recruited a developer today, and he's been building on Ethereum since 2016, and he didn't really cough, you know, it was just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to build something cool. And then, and I know the code. And I think that's just going to happen more and more as well. Yeah. And this is way different than like five months ago. Cause I, I was trying to find coders on, you know, the platforms where you find coders and, and they say, well, I only do Ethereum. I say, but you don't, no, no, no. Listen, BSC is, is the same. Like you're coding in, oh, well, bro, I don't, I don't want to learn a whole new language. You don't have to, man. And they just wouldn't listen. And now exactly like Moon Cow saying, people are like, oh, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't so bad after all. I do keep a close eye on Lobster Dow. You know, I'm sure a lot of you guys know uh, Lobster Dow, and it's kind of it's a place where a lot of the you know the really influential people um, in ETH hang out. And for a long time, everything I would write in there would get deleted immediately because I was because mm -hmm. I was talking about not Ethereum basically. And now, once in a while, something doesn't get deleted, and I think that's a great progress. <laughs> you know, that's, that's great progress. <laughs> I love I. It's one of my favorite things is, you know, Zogo and I were here August, September timeframe. It's just seeing people that hated on BSE then 
and now they love it, you know, and now they're just getting started on BSE. It's, it's kind of a great thing to see. It's, it's like, you know, and we were so early, so rare opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So as we come uh, to our final countdown, I have two final questions for you guys. I'm going to bring it back to my, my, my area right now. Okay. So it's a question that I, I kind of ask more and more speakers that are on blockchain and booze uh, and I'll tailor it more towards the Binance smart chain community. So what do you guys think is the end goal for BSC? Uh, is it better yield farms? Is it banking the unbanked? Um, or is it something that hasn't really been discovered by the community yet? Like think like five years from now, what, what, what does that look like? And even though five years might not be the end goal, right? But building towards the end goal, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a hard question. It is a tough you're, question. You're like, hey, 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 by the way, here's, here's, you know, we got, we got four minutes left. <laughs> here's the hardest question we'll po I'll possibly ask you. No, I, I got a harder one after this. Don't worry. <laughs> I think the end goal is is just usability, right? And and removing barriers so that everybody can join in. And I think BSC is like taking a jump with that right now. And that could lead to more like interesting things being built beyond like DeFi and NFTs. There was some really cool Ethereum projects that were built between like 2016 and 2018 that, that just couldn't work. And so I think some of those are gonna get developed whether they're like events, platforms, uh, anything decentralized might might happen on bsc now because the users are here so all of those promises of ethereum it's just as possible on bsc now because the users are going to use them i i would say that maybe it's not the end goal but one of the side effects that's going to happen um is getting people familiar with the future of uh how money's going to work i, I wanted to, yeah. to say this earlier uh in response to moon cow who, who used the word getting rich um, in a lot of cases, a lot of these people are not, quote unquote, getting rich. What they're doing is this is a completely new asset class. This is a completely new way to support themselves or to get ahead where traditional finance has failed. Um, and, and I really think that uh, BSC has provided that opportunity for a lot of people in a lot of different countries. Um, and I think being able to, to, to be that friendly face of the future um, is a really important aspect. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of share that sentiment is, you know, as countries uh, switch to digital dollars, you know, everybody that's using crypto right now has a bit of a step ahead. I mean, also, I think, you know, years out, stable coins are going to be extremely popular. And that's, that's as Debaucher is saying, is this going to be another asset class? I don't think it'll be as, wild west and, and crazy as it is right now okay any any final words before we move on to the last one oh hit us hit us <laughs> all right last last question all right uh and i i like this one because uh i wasn't obviously born during the internet era and I like to hear from other people's point of views. And uh, when the internet kind of first came out, we saw Web 1, or it's really just read-only. Web 2 kind of came into the picture, uh, and we had more social applications. And when we think of Web 2, we think of Instagram, uh, we think of Facebook, we think of Google, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're transitioning into Web 3. Uh, and I don't think anybody imagined when Web 2 came out that this ethos of decentralization or this e this concept of internet funny money would kind of force a new way of thinking uh, for the internet. 
Uh, so my question to you guys, what do you guys imagine being uh, either the downfall or the transition from Web3 to Web4? And use your imaginations here because who knows what Web4 is going to look like, right? But I guess we can take this from the point of view where like what, what's going to cause the quote-unquote downfall of uh, I have a thought on this, you know, I've been working with this, this, this platform that's trying to build like a, a meetup or Eventbrite on, 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 on the chain, right? And the things that we're discussing is, is like, what happens when you put everything on chain? Because we all went through the mistake of putting everything on Facebook, right? And, and that didn't work out so well. So I think there is a, there is a trap fall there of putting everything on chain and then discovering that wasn't such a good idea. And I think people have to be like, there's a reason why we're all on avatars here, right? because we're taking it seriously. And I think some people might not be taking it as seriously as we are. And, and there could be some problems ahead for that. Yeah, they say that uh, the internet is forever and the blockchain is uh, even more permanent than that. <laughs> if, if somebody has a copy of that blockchain, it's it's never going away. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody um, else? I, I, I really echo those guys. And, and I just wanna say, you mentioned, you know, not being kind of like, you know, growing up, growing up in the internet. Uh, age kind of thing. I'm just imagine someone like like your friend Kaltoro, who was born in the 1940s. You know what <laughs> what things must be like for him. They're seeing all this evolution. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> Amazing. Spitting nickels. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at that. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, uh, as far as Web three and that goes. Sorry, I'm still laughing at the cartoon joke. Um, Stuff like that needs to happen just because it, it's hard to to use the blockchain right now. You know, I, I, I think it's you know setting up MetaMask and 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 all that. It, it just that type of stuff needs to happen for that entire age um, span. So amazing! I think that's a good place to end off, guys. Cheers! I really do hope you're drinking alcohol and you're not just cracking soft drinks or something. Uh, but then again, I'll never know. So I'm assuming you guys are all tipsy at this point. Uh, but I do I do appreciate you guys being here. This was a great conversation. I've definitely learned a lot from, from all of you. And I haven't spent as much time on Binance Smart Chain as I have on Ethereum, but I'll definitely be dabbling in it more and, and trying to learn more about all that it brings. Uh, before I let you guys go, again, go to meet.blockchainbooze.io. This is the part where uh, we network and we meet each other and everybody that's been watching and commenting live goes to. So Spitty Nichols, Ogle, DeFi Debauchery, Moon Cow, I recommend you guys go there. You can keep your cameras off. Uh, and for those who are watching, if you are anonymous, you can keep your cameras on. You can leave uh, off. You can keep your microphones on. And basically what happens now, we all get dispersed to these colorful random tables. And uh, we get to click from seat to seat and meet everyone. And you're going to be seeing people drinking, having a good time uh, and laughing. So go to meet blockchainbooze.io meet.blockchainbooze.io guys unless you have anything else to to leave me off with uh this was a this was a great conversation thanks again for being here cheers to you adam cheers, thank you adam. so much thank yeah. you, man. of course and uh just a quick sneak peek of next week's session uh the one and only gary v is going to be on so if uh if you're a fan of gary himself he's doing his whole entire nft drop so that's going to be a lot of fun so gary v next week may 11th uh other than that Go to meet.blockchainbooze.io. I want to see everybody there. Meet.blockchainbooze.io. Go there. I'll be there. Hopefully some of the speakers will be there. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. 
Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.